This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. Well, good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Brian Callahan with you today on News Talk as the musical chairs continue to shift around the floor here. Had Richard Duggan in yesterday for Linda. Me today. Who knows what tomorrow brings. Um, But uh, just subbing in for Linda this week. I mean, Linda's out, of course, in life just inserts itself big time into all of our lives around this time of year you gotta you gotta think that's not enough stuff going on so much on the go news wise of course a few developments in the courts today where i was uh this morning i'll just hit on a couple of those right off the bat um we now have a date for the sentencing of craig pope in the second degree murder of david john collins that's occurred actually in 2017 uh this was the second trial after the first one um, was appealed. Uh, he won a second trial, and again, same verdict, second time around, second degree murder, guilty. Um, in this case in particular, so second degree murder comes with at least 10 years in prison before you're eligible for any kind of parole. Uh, the jury in this case has recommended 15 years, um, and the judge will ultimately decide where he comes down on a decision. That'll be February the 2nd. Mr. Pope was in uh, court this morning just to set a date for the sentencing hearing. So it won't just be the sentence that day. It'll actually be, um, you know, the submission of different reports, uh, what they call a pre-sentence report, which uh, basically details his life and um, what he is most suited for and what the sentence should bring. Well, you know, suggestions from the Crown and the defense. And the judge will put all of that together. And, of course, weighing the impact on the family and the man himself, Mr. Collins, who was tragically killed um, in that incident. Um, family in court this morning, very difficult time for them still to watch uh, watch uh, the mother, watch his son uh, basically be taken away and know that he's going for at least 10 years to, to a federal prison. So tough uh, situation there. That was in Supreme Court this morning. And then just uh, prior to that, down in provincial court, where I was just before heading up to Supreme, Uh, The case involving Dana Metcalf and Shane Sweeney. Now, this goes back to July when there was a convoy protest outside the Premier's home, Premier Andrew Fury in Portugal Cove, St. Phillips. And um, there was a a Facebook live streaming of the incident. A lot of cars on the road, a stream of cars, smoke flares, uh, shouting and, you know, chanting and different uh, issues they wanted to bring to the Premier's attention because, in their words, he wouldn't come to see him out on the steps of the Federation building, so they went to his home. Um, now, uh, Dana Metcalf and Shane Sweeney both charged with criminal harassment and, um, and, distur- uh, and um, causing a disturbance. Uh, the case has been winding its way to court. It's run into a couple of road bumps. Um, first of all, um, Dana Metcalf's lawyer, Avril Baker, has since been removed from the case. She's facing a suspension with the Law Society on an unrelated matter. Uh, unrelated matters. Um, so Dana, uh, Dana Metcalf is without a lawyer. Shane Sweeney, the other accused in this case, of course, he uh, does have a lawyer, and they're waiting on more information from the Crown in the way of evidence and disclosure before deciding how they want to proceed. But they were both in court this morning, and I actually had a few minutes to speak with Dana Metcalf um, outside the courtroom, and I'll have some of that for you in the morning on the morning show. So tease you and keep you hanging there. Uh, so that's uh, one other trial that, uh, you know, certainly got some people's attention. Um, also, just a short time ago this afternoon, a court decision surrounding the challenge of the 2021 provincial election. 
Um, now, this decision came down yesterday, and as often happens, it'll go to the parties first and then can be distributed to the media and publicly. Um, just skimming through it, it was actually... So this is the case, of course, with former NDP leader Alison Coffin um, and at least one elector, they say, a, um, a registered elector, uh, challenging the entire provincial election results given the protracted way in which it played out. There were several uh, extensions. Of course, it was during, the, it was during the, the pandemic and there were interruptions in the election due to the pandemic. Um, then eventually they couldn't get poll workers, people to work in the elections offices. And so they went full bore province-wide mail-in ballots. And that created issues uh, on the fly. Of course, they tried to do this, but um, enough people came forward to present their case and say they didn't have a fair chance to vote or didn't get a ballot or didn't get a chance to vote at all or to, to exercise their democratic right. And so um, in the light of that, and of course, um, Alison Coffin, as I mentioned, is, is one of the the lead plaintiffs on this uh, lawsuit against Elections NL and Bruce Chalk, and in, uh, still John Abbott um, uh, in, uh, in the courts. So the trial is actually set for February, which is interesting enough dynamic because we don't know when the next provincial election might be called, and I'll get to that in a minute, um, because the Liberals are expected, or not expected, will announce their candidate in Exception Bay, East Bell Island, maybe the worst-case secret in the province, but... Uh, that's coming up uh, around 4.45 this afternoon. But that all be, um, that election results still being challenged, and we could overlap with another election before then, as if it wasn't tangly enough situation as it is. So um, today's ruling, though, goes against Alison Coffin, and kind of a little bit of a setback. In a nutshell, they wanted to introduce expert evidence about how the disabled were particularly discriminated against or unable, or the barriers that they faced, uh, unconstitutionally uh, in trying to vote. Um, the problem is the judge said that the person that they brought forward as an expert wasn't really an expert on this subject in his uh, determination and uh, that the uh, you know that kind of evidence would not be permitted and he ruled against it. Um, so it's a bit of a setback as they enter into the actual trial which is still set to begin in February. So um, still making its way through the courts, long drawn out process um, one can only imagine what would happen if the judge or the court actually found that the election was invalid. I mean, it's a possibility until the judge says otherwise. Uh, that is exactly what the NDP is trying to do, or Alison Coffin specifically, um, trying to get those results thrown out and a, and a new ex election ordered. She herself lost by 53 votes in that election. So to her, you know, um, uh, certainly, and others who had close uh, results. Uh, you can see why they, um, you know, at least would want to follow it all the way through, uh, if nothing else, to uh, to ensure that democracy was upheld and the election was carried out in good faith. Um, and as I mentioned, the Liberals, of course, are poised to announce their candidate in Exception Bay, East Bell Island, uh, at 4.45 this afternoon, we're told. So our own Richard Duggan will be there down in the Cove um, to, uh, to be there for that announcement. I'm looking forward to having a quick message from him to assure and to confirm who that candidate is. Um, the rumors, of course, have been out for a few weeks now that it could be Fred Hutton, the Premier's uh, advisor in the Premier's office, former journalist, of course, 
with um, CBC and TV and VOCM here, of course. So uh, we all know Fred well, and it'll be an interesting dynamic if he tells if he indeed is the candidate and his hat ends up in the ring. Uh, when nominations close at 5 o'clock. And uh, we'll have that here for you right away, Uh, probably first ahead of anybody else. But first, um, earlier today, and, you know, rightly so, the NDP were in town, um, not just the, well, the NDP were in town, but the president of the New New Democratic Party, the federal New Democratic Party, the former Federation of Labor here in the province, Mary Shorter, was in town today, um, and as well joined by longtime uh, MP, former MP Jack Harris, of course, the old uh, St. John's East riding throughout the 80s and 90s and into the 2000s. Uh, we're going to hear a little bit from them today as they beat their chest, and rightly so, following the newly announced Canadian Dental Care Plan, a real game changer. No one argues with this. It'll be interesting to see how it all rolls out, but we'll get into some of their comments. Uh, they had a little event today at the Hub uh, talking about what this will mean for people. And, uh, and we'll get into a little bit of that right after the break. I'm Brian Callahan here on News Talk. We'll be right back. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. Work. Welcome back to the program. Brian Callahan on News Talk on this Wednesday afternoon. It is Wednesday, right? Okay, Wednesday. I don't know what it is lately. It's harder and harder for me to remember what day of the week it is. So I might go get checked. Um, as mentioned before the break, the, uh, the NDP, and rightly so, beating their chests a little bit today, taking some well-deserved credit for the newly announced Canadian Dental Care Plan. That's been in their portfolio forever. Um, and certainly Jack Harris, a longtime former MP for St. John's East, was a part of that, pushing that before the House of Commons over the years. Um, I have my own horror stories when it comes to the dentist, but at least I had that opportunity and the option. Um, The whole issue around this is the people who don't and how it sets you back, Um, whether it's, uh, you know, it was noted today that one of the top reasons that kids don't go to school, um, their teeth and issues with them. But for seniors, you know, it can be a serious health issue. It can be a serious health issue for anybody, really, Um, depending at what level of neglect you bestow upon your teeth and sometimes you have uh, some people have no choice and that's why this dental program was so important to the NDP and others and parliamentarians of course sometimes they fall too far on party lines but on this one um, so far so good I think we can all agree they got it right we'll see how it rolls out how the red tape intertwines hopefully not too badly Hopefully, you know, people who need that compensation or, the, the, you know, the, uh, the funds to be able to go get it or t- the okay to go get their teeth done won't be too tangly a process. So um, we had Mary, uh, Mary Shortle, the priority president of the NDP, of course, former Newfoundland Labrador Federation of Labor president, um, today joined by Jack Harris um, and a number of other people, including a couple of people who, you know, uh, you know, are very much examples of why this program is so important. And they were all at the hub today. And first off, Mary Shortle had a few important comments that she wanted to share. It's an exciting day. I want to especially thank Brendan Ross for being here. Uh, Brenda's story has been uh, well told many times by Jugmeet uh, across Canada as he talks about the things we've heard and how important dental care is. And Ross as well has been advocating for this and uh, knocking on politicians' doors for a long time. And uh, uh, like Jack said, they'll they'll tell you their stories uh, to the media later on after that. But uh, I especially want to thank you for being here. 
here today because it's a wonderful day for Canadians. It's a wonderful day to be a new Democrat because I'm honored and I'm so very proud as both the president of the National Party but also a candidate for St. John's East to say that we've done this over years and years and years of hard work and pushing people like Jack, pushing in Parliament and pushing uh, to make sure that this actually happened against great odds at some times. So congratulations to all of us because this is finally something that, that's happening. I'm so excited about this announcement. On Monday, we saw the largest expansion of public health care in 60 years, an historic and transformative moment for the more than one-third of Canadians that have no dental insurance at all. And the 7 million Canadians who prior to two days ago avoided going to a dental professional every year just because they couldn't afford it. It's getting harder and harder to pay the bills for families. We know that. People shouldn't have to live with dental pain or worry about how they'll pay for the care that they need in order to stay healthy. So now, starting in December of 2023, seniors, people living with a disability, and children under 18 will begin getting enrollment letters for their permanent national dental program that will allow them to see a dentist for free. By July, by July 2024, everyone who is eligible should be ready to use the program. And we're urging everyone to enroll as soon as they receive information about eligibility so that families can start to save at least $1,300. As Jack said, that's not a cap. That's the average saving uh, that the, uh, the office, uh, Parliamentary Budget Office worked out. And it's an enormous reason to celebrate. Here in Newfoundland, that means that thousands of families will have more money in their pocket. In fact, Jack said about half the population of Newfoundland and Labrador stands to benefit from this. That's huge. And that's a big reason to celebrate. But not only that, we also know and we've heard the consequences of poor oral health care costly and avoidable visits to emergency departments, impacts on mental health, self-esteem, job prospects, and as Jack said, something that I just learned on Monday, that the number one reason that kids miss school, and that's shameful. We also know that this disproportionately impacts the poorest and most marginalized in our country and in our province. But on Monday, that started to change. Families expect their elected officials to understand what they are going through and who will work hard to make people's lives easier, fairer, and more affordable. And that's exactly what happens when you send new Democrats to Ottawa. And that's why we need to send more new Democrats to Ottawa. For many, many years, the NDP has been fighting hard to provide dental care for everyone who needs it. New Democrats did not give up on you and getting you the help that you deserve. Jagmeet Singh and the NDP used their leverage to deliver health care, starting with the interim benefit that delivered $1,300 to almost 370,000 children under 12, including thousands of children in Newfoundland and Labrador for their dental care. And Monday's announcements will see savings of, on average, $1,300 each for seniors, people living with disabilities, and children under 18, and then for everyone who doesn't have health care and who needs it, dental care and who needs it.
At every turn, the NDP had to push the Liberals to take this important step forward. And all of this happened despite Pierre Polyev using every tool he had to try and stop kids from under 12 from getting dental care, even though he's had access to dental care himself for more than 20 years, paid for by the Canadian taxpayers. Jack said both parties voted against this initially two times. Well, the NDP used its power to make your life easier and more affordable because that's what New Democrats do. We're getting more Canadians to the dentist free of charge and helping everyone become healthier. Like Jack, I have heard heart-wrenching stories from folks in St. John's East as a candidate in the last federal election and again this time. Sarah, a senior who became ill, lost her teeth because of the medication she was on, then couldn't eat the food she needed to eat to stay healthy because she couldn't afford dentures. So she got sicker. So without a hope of remedy, it's a vicious cycle for so many people out there. Or parents who could not get their teenager, Corey, to go to school because he was bullied and humiliated because of his teeth. The NDP is good for people like Sarah and Corey. We're good for families. We're the party that consistently gets what people care about. Tommy Douglas, who was the NDP father of Medicare, always believed in head-to-toe health care, that it should be through a publicly funded and publicly delivered health care system that's right for everyone, not just for the few who are privileged. And now, thanks to the NDP, so many more people in this province and across our country will be able to access the dental care they deserve. It will roll out. Starting uh, very shortly, it will roll out, and every, every month it will roll out some more and some more. And so when people get their letters, uh, register right away, and then once it starts in a few months' time to become uh, eligible, you'll be ready to roll. And by the time the end of the next year happens, all the people who have registered and who need help will get help. I've asked Brenda and Ross to think about a few sentences uh, when they talk to the media about why it's so important for them, uh, this health care. Some, sometimes, and Ross had said it before, some of the work has already been done. He's had to find the way to afford the care he needed to save his health. Brenda has had constant pain for a long time. And even though this has been going on a long time, I'm sure they're just as happy as we are today that uh, people coming now will never have to experience what they've lived through for a long, long time. And that's what we're all about as a party, and that's all what we're all about as a community. And again, I'm so proud to be part of this movement. I'm so proud to be part of a party that dug their heels in and wasn't going to let, lo let anything go until this became a program. And that is the uh, national president of the New Democratic Party, Mary Shortle, of course, former president of the Newfoundland Labrador Federation of Labor. But she's speaking today at The Hub and uh, talking all good things about the Canadian dental care plan that rolled out on Monday. Um, coming up after the break, we'll hear from MP Jack, former MP Jack Harris on this as well, who deservedly ha gets a few minutes about this, given the work he's put in. But first... We have a lost dog, and I have all the time in the world for that uh, whenever it comes up, and we got a couple of minutes there. Let's go to uh, Leonard in Upper Gullies. Leonard, are you there? Yes, I am. Yeah, so um, can you describe, tell me where you are and uh, how anyone who lost this dog can get her back? 
Yeah, I'm in the uh, Upper Gullies area. I'm in the Lawrence Pond subdivision. Right. Uh, basically, about half an hour ago, 20 minutes ago, that my neighbor came to me wondering if I knew uh, uh, who owned this dog. Uh, I said no. Uh, the dog was very scared and cold. Uh, yeah. My neighbor now has her uh, at her place, uh, of course, uh, getting her warm, and I guess if she's hungry, she'll feed her. Uh, so can you describe uh, her? She, yeah. Yeah. Uh, describe her. She's brown in color, uh, kind of a light, uh, like a medium brown, uh, pre- probably five to ten pounds. Any idea of the breed by chance? I mean, I'm no expert uh, either. So but... many breeds I had to brown, I wouldn't <laughs> be able to tell you, buddy. No, I I've had, um, you know, I mean, I know all our German Shepherds, I know the Labs and the, the Shih Tzus, the yep. Beagles, but yep. this one's kind of escaping me did, with, with the did, breed. Did Claudette mention something about a braid or, or bows or something? Yeah, it looks like she. Uh, if like memory, memory, uh, mine. Uh, trying to remember now the visual. Uh, I think she had bowls on her ears. Like when you go to the groomers, like we take our dog. Yep. Me you too. usually dress them up afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Foolishly sometimes, but yeah, go. <laughs> and then we try to get them out of, their, out of the dog's ears, and they're quite hard to get out. And uh, you know, I mean, that's uh, uh, quite the task to do that. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> But anyway. Yeah, okay, so what's the best way? Is there a number just to, how come, well, you can put your number out there if you want, or anyone could call us here in the studio. We have your number if anyone needs to try to reach out. Yeah, they could probably call the studio, and you can give give them my home number. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll do that. We have that uh, here. Like I said, I can direct them to where my uh, friend lives in the subdivision there, and hopefully we can reunite this uh, dog with their owners. Absolutely. Members of the family. Absolutely. No oh, doubt. Yeah, they, a man's best friend, my friend. Yep. And, uh, yep, absolutely. Leonard, thanks a lot for uh, taking the time, right? Not a lot of people would, you know, bother to even pick up the phone. I mean, you, you know might me. I'm a dog it, lover like yourself, and I, I, you know, I mean, that's my life, my, perfect. my dog. And that's, uh, yeah. I, and if it was my dog, uh, I hopefully someone else would do the same thing. We're, we're in Newfoundland. We take care of our animals. Yep. You can relate. Okay. Thanks again, Leonard. Uh, be good. Take care. Yeah, you too. Best guy. Thanks very much. Perfect time yeah. there. We're going to go right off to the news now with um, Noah Shepard. And then when we come back, a little bit of Jack Harris, who we haven't heard from in a long time. Or not too long, really. I uh, always love, always got time for Jack. Off to the news. I'm Brian Callahan on News Talk. And just before the news, uh, female moose between Bay Bulls Pond and Bay Bulls Road South, one kilometer before Highway 60. She's on the east side of the road, so keep your eyes peeled there. Win your Christmas cash with a VOCM Cares for the Community 50-50 draw. Buy your tickets until December 16th at VOCMcares.com. And welcome back to the program. Thank you very much, Noah Shepard. Uh, for the news update there. And would you look at that? I'm looking at a brand spanking, very clean picture, photograph of a big poster that uh, clearly states Fred Hutton is the candidate for the Liberals in the Conception Bay East, Belle Island uh, District. And right now it's a by-election, but uh, remains to be seen. Some people don't think it'll even get to a by-election, and it might go straight to an election call after Christmas. We'll see about that. But yes, it's um, all but confirmed now. I know we're waiting for the official word around 4.45, but uh, we have um, a visual confirmation of posters with Fred Hutton's uh, name on them. I don't see his face there yet, but uh, it looks like the Liberals have chosen, have taken right from the Premier's office um, advisor to the Premier for uh, their candidate. And he'll um, go up against, I guess, at this point. We have uh, Tina Neary, of course, for the... um, 
Tories, Conservatives, and Kim Churchill for the NDP. So that's going to be a, uh, whether it gets to an election or stays a by-election, uh, that'll be a, a wow of a district to watch. Now, um, this is a call-in show, just in case you forgot sometimes, because we have a lot of tape that we run from different events that happen throughout the day, and we love to take calls with comments on that tape. Um, one call we have right now, Tim Shepard is on the line. And, uh, Tim, you want to just weigh in on the whole homeless tent city situation? Tim, you're there? Yeah. What did you have to say about that? I thought I know you were mentioning something about what we could probably like, another solution. Uh, they could use the basilica because they're, they're not using the basilica now. They could probably use the basilica. To... You mean just as a space to to house them? Yeah. And, to house and, people. And, uh, and maybe Stella Burry could help them out too. Maybe. So these places I do know are already helping. Now I know the basilica is actually in use. It's. It's used uh, for the past week. It hasn't stopped. It's been a venue for various events, uh, whether it's been the Shalloway concerts, the Handel's yeah. Messiah, and, yeah. and church itself. It's still used what for so. What about the Patrick Street Church? The Patrick Street one has been sold privately. So, again, I don't know uh, those kinds of buildings, too. There's, they're limited use when you look at the concrete and the kind of layout that you have yeah. in them, like a, a building that has kind of the layout for apartments. But the, like when you think of a, a large cavernous uh, church, such as the Basilica, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's hard to imagine, especially how hard they are to heat. But <laughs> maybe sometimes it's colder in there than it is outside. But um, can, they use, can the government help with housing? Maybe housing could help, maybe. Well, they're all on it. So we're told there's a task force as we speak. Yep. Um, uh, that is, you know, on it. And the Minister Abbott um, for Infrastructure Transportation has suggested that they will have everybody out of Tent, tent City by uh, by Christmas. But, you know, I mean, that uh, I, I don't know if that was the most advisable thing to say. You hate to set deadlines and and uh, and positives that this is going yep. to happen because anything could be thrown into the wrench. And, I mean, we all know that there's just too many people being homeless right now. And yep. so... The numbers keep increasing as people but, keep but falling below the margins. Sh- there's not enough shelters? No, there isn't. I mean, there there are shelters, but some people don't want to avail of them because those can be pretty difficult and uh, oh, yeah. hard places to live themselves. You know, let's say you're an addict trying to get off, yeah. trying to clean yourself up. Uh, shelters aren't the best places necessarily because you know that a lot of people in there, sadly, yeah. it is true, uh, are users or just homeless, one or the other. Do, do, and when you mix the a, two... Do they have a needle exchange for to help people? All in place, yep. These, uh, these services, we are told by the provincial government, yeah. are regularly being looked after with regular visits to Tent City to make sure anyone who really needs something uh, and they're working on, obviously they all need a roof, but some people want more than the roof. They don't want just to be in certain places. And some people may take issue with that and say, well, you know, you you have to be grateful for whatever is being offered. But at this point, you know, everybody's got a different story down there and we can't judge and we can't lay blame and we can't. Uh, you know, com- de- uh, compartmentalize or anything. These are everybody's got such oh, a some different. Some people story. don't want to live there because they got drug problems. You mean is that why? Well, some people are in Tent City because there are people of like mind. I mean, it helps to be around people who are in the same boat. You know, when everybody was going through the pandemic, there yeah. was there was a sense that some people took great comfort in the fact that everyone was in the same boat. I mean, yeah. y- you know, maybe not the one percent that we know. You know, like to. Uh, 
had still had their yachts in certain places, but um, yeah. certainly for the most part, you know, around these parts, everybody f- took comfort in the fact that, uh, you know, there was a bit of camaraderie and everybody kind of felt like we're all up against it. And that helped. But when you're alone yeah. and you yeah. don't feel like there's any help, uh, a t- place like Tent City, and I know there's one man that I interviewed down there, um, yeah. um, Belouz was his last name. I'm yeah. just drawn a blank on his first name, but he's yeah. been a, he's been a pretty good spokesman, uh, Tim, for yeah. uh, for them down there. I mean, he doesn't have professional training, but he knows what yeah. he wants to say and he knows how to get it across. And he t- he himself said that you know the police when they um, moved him from one place to another, optioned a shelter. He didn't want to go there, and he said he's in the best place he's ever been. He's never been felt more welcome and yeah. treated better than he's been down in Tent City. So there you go. It might tell you a little bit of what situation he came from. What about the Salvation Army? Do they have a shelter? They are full on. Uh, spoke they're, with, full, they're full, are they? No, they're full on on this case. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. Are, they are there as well, regularly, yeah. and they have a huge massive new headquarters in downtown st john's here on springdale street that yep. uh that does incredible work uh, and houses people i mean they are yep. sometimes full and sometimes not the gathering place paul davis the ceo from the gathering place yeah, has point, yeah. he's pointed out himself tim that you know they've had empty beds down there and they've had people yep. go to tent city and tell them and some people don't want to go there so, like I said, it's hard to judge. Everybody's got their and different the gathering place. Can only people stay for a certain length of time, though? Or? Yes. I mean, you know, they're, they assume by a certain time you're going to because, you know, you just don't stay there permanently. No one no, stays no. permanently. It's not yeah. like a, it's not a home. It's a shelter. No, and, no. Yeah. and it's a transition. All of these places really are, are, you know, thought of as transition because you don't want people just living in shelters. You hopefully in the end game is to get them into yeah. their own you know, independent shelter or shelter, uh, apartment or some kind of housing that suits them. What about the Wiseman Center? Again, all of these places are are being utilized, as far as we've been told, by yeah. the task force from provincial government and the city and yeah. and uh, and the or other or social organizations that are helping out, like Stellabury yeah. and End Homelessness, St. John's, and all those other groups that are doing their best. So, all great ideas, Tim, um, yeah. and and all relevant and exactly what we should be doing. Um, let's just hope the numbers don't grow and that. Yeah. To, and as John Abbott said. You know, everyone can be into, you know, some level of um, acceptable and appropriate shelter by Christmas. That is yep. the hope and game. So, Tim, thanks yep. a lot. Really appreciate the call. I've got a, I promised I was going to get Jack Harris on, and i am got to yeah, move yeah, on right. to that. But listen, always appreciate the call. That's what this show is for, so thank you very much. Uh, all right, thanks. Take care. All right, bye. Okay, bye. We're going to jump off to a break, and we come back, as promised, uh, hear a little bit of Jack Harris, and also... Um, take you to Collision Clinic this morning for that annual, gives me a little goosebump just thinking about it, for the annual uh, donation of a car to a needy family uh, who was, and in this case, certainly well in need. I'm Brian Callahan on News Talk. We'll be right back. Stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your VOCM. Join Linda Swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you. News Talk on your VOCM. Welcome back to the program. Quickly to Claudette for, uh, you got a call there about a moose. I do, and uh, this is what this person had to say. Uh, yes, good evening. I'm just on my way home to Barleen from St. John's. I uh, just spotted a big bull moose cross the road by the Barleen Lawn Extension. Yeah. Biggest moose I've seen in a good many years. Thank you. 
And he sounds like he's probably seen a few moose in his time. Uh, right around the Balling line, biggest moose he's seen in years. So um, it's still pretty dark out, but um, let's hope you can see the whites of his eyes before there's any, um, any interruption in your commute home, people. So keep your eyes peeled. They're out there. Um, just always good to keep in the back of your mind. You never know when they can poke out. And down on the Balling line, you know, lots of thick woods, brush. They can be on the road before you know it. So thanks for the call. Uh, as mentioned, love calls. Uh, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to weigh in on, by all means. Um, as mentioned, <laughs> if Jack's waiting, he's, he's probably fed up by now. But uh, let's go to Jack Harris talking about the new Canadian dental plan rollout, something he's been working on a long, long time. This is an extremely exciting day for me personally, uh, and I think it should be for everybody in the in the, the province and everybody in the country that we are now finally seeing uh, a rollout of a program that will ultimately deliver uh, dental care to nine million Canadians for the first time uh, in since Medicare came about uh, 60, uh, 60 over 60 years ago. You know, we've been, we've been on this uh, for many, many years, of course, as part of our the expectation that dental care would be part of Medicare. Uh, the, your teeth and your mouth and your oral health is part of your body and ought to be part of our health care system. Unfortunately, it was not, and we've been fighting for that for years. Uh, we've seen in the last few years a, 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 an opposition day motion uh, brought in Parliament in, in 2020 that was voted against by the Liberals and the Conservatives and, and voted down uh, to bring in a, a universal dental care pro- program. Uh, there was a private member's resolution in the last Parliament, which I brought forward, Bill M62, that the Liberals and the Conservatives voted it down just last week. Uh, the, the Conservatives, under Pierre Polyev, voted down the funding for this program. They voted against the legislation bringing it into effect. But yet, here we are, making it happen, and the rollout that's uh, starting this, uh, this month for seniors uh, and uh, then and, and rolling out to uh, un- under 18, anyone under 18 this year, and then starting next year, uh, the, the re- enrollment and rollout to everybody uh, in, the, in Canada and in Newfoundland and Labrador uh, that uh, is in a situation where their family income is less than $90,000 a year having access to this program. This is something fantastic. I can't really uh, express how much it means to people who, are, who have this need for health care. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about affordability these days, you know, and people are, are really stretched. People are trying to pay for their, their the food and groceries are going up. Uh, rent is going up. Cost of housing is, is out of reach for many people. And we see this pressure put on and a lot of talk about affordability. Well, affordability and dental care is something that's been with us for a long time. When people are, are don't get their teeth fixed because they can't afford it. When young people are forced to cover their mouths or keep their mouths closed or stay home from school, one, that's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, the recent statistic re- re- um, spoke about, spoken about by Don Davies in the House of Commons just a couple of days ago is that one quarter of school absenteeism is related to children who have dental health problems, whether a toothache or anything to do with their mouth. One quarter of school absences. Some people, when they have that, can go directly to a dentist and pay the cost. Many people, unfortunately, cannot. 
and we see young people suffering the stigma of, of having, not having proper dental care. Uh, it affects their social life. It affects their personal self-worth. It affects their future. We want to put an end to that. And this program will actually do that. And I'm very proud to say that it's actually happening, that this month uh, enrollment for the, this, for the seniors will start. And as of May 1st, uh, actual appointments will be available in that program. It's rolling out. It's, take, it's taking a while. And uh, Mary will talk a little bit more about the details. But we are, this, this is about delivering, the NDP is actually delivering this dental care for Canadians. And the average benefit, the average benefit for families, that, does, that means there's a lot more for some who need it more, uh, is $1,300. So that's putting $1,300 on average in families' pockets who, uh, who don't have access to dental care. The, I, I think about, when we're talking about this, about the people I spoke to when we were out uh, campaigning for elections. People who were coming up to us in the streets talking about this, showing us their teeth and saying, look, do you think I can get a job with this, with this mouth, with these teeth? People who were not ashamed to say that because it was true. They were angry. I remember a gentleman in his early 70s uh, being very angry about the fact that he had, uh, he had to save up for two years to get his teeth, some, a tooth fixed that allowed him to eat properly. That's an awful thing. That's an awful thing. And we see that time and time again. And people know People know that this is a, an issue and a problem, and we're finally able to fix it. And I think, you know, the persistence of the NDP in doing this, you know, people are, are cynical about politics, people are, you know, are, are negative about the, the future, but this is something that we can demonstrate that this can be done. As Jack Layton said, never let them tell you that it can't be done. It can be done when we work together, when we, when we do everything we can to make it happen. The NDP, I'm very proud to say, has done that. And that is, uh, if you recognize that voice, of course, former longtime uh, NDP MP Jack Harris, uh, longtime member for St. John's East when it was called that, uh, speaking there today at the Hub in St. John's, uh, along with Mary Shortle, of course, the former Federation of Labor um, president in this province, but now the president of the National NDP Party. Uh, and they were joined by people, really, who will, um, who will make the most of this new change in the Canadian Dental Care Plan. Uh, for those who qualify and uh, they need it. So um, uh, good on them, and I don't think anyone's going to take issue whether or not it had to do with the fact that uh, this was something that they brokered with the Liberals in order to make sure that that... Um, I mean, they don't want. They don't like to call it a coalition, but uh, the partnership that they have there—that's kept basically the government in check—and uh, uh, you know, working um, strategically with the NDP on uh, on their priorities, such as the Canadian Dental Care Plan. All right, moving on, um, and you know, uh, it's the time of year, and I can't do enough. I uh, can't um, ever have enough of these types of stories. This is to, today was the annual. Um, what do we call it? The Collision Clinics Enriching Lives Program. And, of course, that's where every year they uh, basically transform the life of someone uh, and their family by uh, giving, uh, giving them a car, a, you know, a, a remodeled, renovated, if you want to call it a renovated car. Yeah, that's the right word. Um, a, uh, a refurbished, uh, reupholstered. Oh, there's a lot of rewords I came up with, but except the right one. But um, this has been going on for years, of course, and this year's fortunate recipient, uh, Lubav Hersiuk, 
originally from Ukraine, was presented with the fully refurbished vehicle today, additional set of tires, year's worth of insurance. Uh, took place at Collision Clinic, of course, on Tops of the Road in St. John's uh, earlier today when she was handed the keys. Um, and actually, her husband still remains in Ukraine, but he was able to share the moment over the phone. So listening as is, uh, to his wife's excitement as she received the gift. Um, Lubav, she arrived in the province with her two children just at the end of March, actually. And this, you know, without transportation up until now, uh, I think everyone agrees, you know, the, 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 the terminology game changer or life changing moment uh, really is not an understatement for this family. It's my pleasure to announce this year the 2023 Collision Clinic Car Giveaway recipients. We have uh, Mom Luba, her daughter Sophia, and son Stadislav. Stadislav? Come on in. Unbelievable. It's excited. It looks like I, I watch it dream about myself. <laughs> I still can't believe this car is mine. My life is changed and I don't need to worry about how, how pick up my son to school every morning, how get from um, late evenings from my part-time job at home. It not will be like I will be feel safety and will be feel more independent here. <laughs> Glenn Hickey and I'm the president and CEO of Collision Clinic. It feels great. It feels great. You know, we've done this for 20 years. It, it started out like with just this, this fit for us. It was about a damaged car. It was about the guys helping us put it together and give it to a needy family. But it took on a life of its own. I mean, the faces, uh, and, and, and as I said earlier, but, you know, the look on the faces of some young mother, in this particular case, that just got independence, uh, just happened. And, 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 you know, so it was just, to me, I look forward to it every year, and it's a great, I'm glad I'm in the position to do that and have the opportunity to do it. And I think any time you can help somebody, big or small, whether, to help somebody's life along like that, it's a feel-good situation. You can't, you can't go wrong. It looks like a new car. Tell us about the vehicle, what you know. Well, it is practically a new car, but it was damaged. The car was damaged, hit in the rear, actually, and, uh, you know, not as heavily hit. We usually try to get a car that's, and it's getting tougher to get them, a car that's drivable and doesn't have any safety concerns, so we can do what we do here. We restore it to pre-accident condition and put it back on the road. We also go through the brakes and make sure everything mechanically is good, and we tell the lady, if you have any problems, come back and see us. And so she's, she, and we give her snow tires and summer tires and <laughs> insurance, which is a big deal. Uh, because some of the insurance uh, for, you know, for a, a young driver or a driver like that just got her can be crazy. And so you know, and we had a company step up and pay for that. So we have some support here as well with different people that, and different companies that help us out. So it's just great. I mean, uh, if you look at the kid, I mean, this is a new day for her. This is a new, a new start. And, uh, you know, life is going to be better. And really, that's what, it, that's what it comes down to. So that makes me feel great. And a few little uh, wrapped presents there as well. Yes, <laughs> for sure. And it's usually great with the kids. Uh, people come and, and give, uh, you know, some of this has come from different places. People have been doing it for every year, just dropping off the, uh, the gifts and different things. So that's, that's always been a bonus. So great to get the support from other people and companies. And we have individuals that have supported over the years come in and drop off a gift and that kind of thing. So everybody likes a story like this that helps somebody else. So, and if you can have a, an opportunity to participate, that makes people feel good. So now this is a, I, I look forward to it every year. 
And that is uh, Glenn Hickey, the uh, general manager over at Collision Clinic on Topsa Road. Before him, of course, uh, Lubov Hirsiuk from Ukraine and her family was there and they were on the phone and there were a few tears and there were screams and joy. And just uh, can't get enough of that this time of year. Um, overwhelming gratitude, of course, she said. And I should uh, mention, too, the um, right off the top there, Rob Wadman Scanlon, who was a selection committee member who introduced uh, the family, the winners of this uh, winner, I guess. Yeah, winner of, um, of this year's, um, uh, what's the term on it? The Collision Clinic's Enriching Lives Program. Um, refurbished car for one needy family and boys of boys. Uh, clearly. Right choice this year. So, um, and uh, look at that. So, just to confirm, yes, Fred Hutton is the Liberal candidate in Conception Bay, East Bell Island, for uh, right now what would be a by-election, unless there's a general election call before that. Uh, of course, the other uh, candidates being um, the PCs to Portugal Cove St. Philip's Town Councilor Tina Neri for the Tories, and, of course, Kim Churchill running for the MDP. So uh, that'll be a close district to watch, whether it's a by-election or an election. I'm Brian Callahan, in for Linda Swain today on News Talk. And turns out, Claudette, I'm here tomorrow and Friday as well. So uh, this is a call-in, um, just as a heads-up. So get your topics on and call me uh, tomorrow and Friday. In the meantime, drive safely. Arrive live. VOCM cares.